You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Humility and the Father's love is the title of this devotion. The Father's love is to me, oh, it's heaven itself. And it keeps growing. It keeps growing. It just keeps becoming more precious and more real and more satisfying. And it's conforming and transforming my nature as the Father in His great love is able to reveal more of the death of His Son in me to help me to be free from any of self that would hinder the knowledge of Him. Oh, I'm so grateful that the Father in His love knows how to work through the circumstances of life to reveal the death of His Son in us, to liberate us from self, and to open us to the wonders of His presence and life and goodness. It is, wow, it's amazing. I'm sure that's what David was trying to say in Psalm 63 when he says, your love and kindness is better to me than life itself. And here in John chapter 14, verse 30 and 31, Jesus says, and I'll read from the classic Amplified, I will not talk with you much more, for the prince, the evil genius ruler of the world, is coming. And he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him. He has no power over me. But Satan is coming. And I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know and be convinced that I love the Father and that I do only what the Father has instructed me. I act in full agreement with his orders. Rise, let us go away from here. You see, the Father's love had been able to have perfect ascendancy, rule, reign over all of who Jesus is, says and does. One statement that I one time saw somewhere, I can't remember now, I think it's from Hebrews 1 verse 3, that in all that Jesus, maybe in the Living Bible, in all that Jesus is and does, he shows himself to be God. And all that Jesus is and says and does, he shows himself to be God. And 1 John chapter 5, verse 20 says he is God. He is eternal life. Now, I understand the natural mind struggles with it because the natural mind is tainted by sin and sin makes you think separate from God. You here and God there. That is the nature of sin, separation. But Christ has no sin, so there is no separation. He says in John 10, verse 30, I and the Father are one. One little verse, John 10, 30, I and the Father are one. And there was no separation, Jesus said in John 14, verse 7, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We're in chapter 7 here. Uh, chapter 14, if you had known me, 
had learned to recognize me, you would have known my father. From now on, you know him and have seen him. <clears throat> and he goes on to say, don't you realize I'm in the father. The father is in me. You see, there was no sin. There was perfect oneness. And the father had this perfect authority, dominion, rule. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 no, chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, and chapter, no, chapter 1, verse 19, and chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says that Christ was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All of God was entrusted into Jesus. John, Matthew 11, verse 27, Jesus says, The Father has entrusted all of himself to me. So all of the Father was in him. Yes, and Satan had nothing in him, no claim on him, nothing in common with him. He had no power over him, nothing. And in the face, and this is what I want you to get today. This is why I call it humility and the love of the Father. In the face of the adversary coming against him, even through Peter, even through those dearest and nearest, the devil had no power. The devil had nothing to grab a hold of in him. He had nothing to connect with in him. There was nothing the devil had to mirror his thoughts and feelings, his ideas, his antichrist, his anti-God. There was nothing in Jesus that could mirror the devil because the Father was fully manifest in all that he is. Now, that's what I'm talking to you about. And this is what the Heavenly Father wants to work in you and me, that the devil has no power over you. There's nothing in you that belongs to him. I had a, a battle with hate many, many years ago, and I know he who hates is of darkness, he who hates is of the enemy, enemy. he who hates is not of the truth. So I know these scriptures, so when it would come, I'd resist it like I would resist the devil, like lust or adultery or anything else. I resist it because I know that's not holy, not right, not God. So I resist it. I resist it. And I, how do you resist it? When it would come, the feelings of it, the consciousness of it, I would say, Father, I thank you. My heart is yours. Thank you for your love in me. Thank you for your mercy and goodness in me. Thank you for your... And it would go because I gave it no place. That's what it means. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Give the devil no place, it says in Ephesians 4.26. But it would keep coming. For two years it would come. It would come. And I resist. I resist. <clears throat> and then one night, three o'clock in the morning, here it comes. And I usually then start praying and it would go and I continue to sleep. This time, I didn't pray. This time I said this. When it came, when it was right there, trying to get access, trying to mirror itself in my heart, I said, Father, what is it in me that makes this find me when I'm hidden with Christ in your bosom? Colossians 3, verse 4. And God spoke to me and he said, do not feel he owes you. And he went in me. I could feel it, so to speak, spiritually and took something out of me that had wounded me that the enemy was using to find access. And he took it out of me. And the devil never came back with that hate. 
because he couldn't find me. He couldn't gain access. He couldn't gain ascendancy. You see, humility is not just the power to resist what is evil and what's wrong and what's ungodly and unholy and unrighteous and unclean because we keep submitting to God, we keep surrendering to God, so we resist what's not of God. Yes, that's an important part of humility, but humility is where whatever would allow it to find us and connect with us, we surrender it to Him. And it could, not, it could be, yes, a pain, like in my case, I had a pain inside of me that had a certain nature, a certain character, and, and, and God changed that character in me at that time. Uh, and, that nature, and that character actually is what caused me to have the pain. And that's a bit of a longer story. You can have a desire for something and, and when the desire is not satisfied, but the opposite is wounded, then that becomes something the enemy uses to gain access to you, to cause you to become bitter, angry, resentful. Resentment is often the thing the enemy works in you. Resentment, resentment, resentment. And that resentment leads to, to upsetness and bitterness and hatred. And then you, you hate the one you love. You love him, but you hate him. You love him, but you hate him. And that is so ungodly and unholy. You say, I can't live without him because I love him, but I hate him. They even wrote a song about it, uh, Pavarotti and... Uh, Pavarotti and, um, oh, what's that Canadian, French, uh, famous, uh, is, uh, Dion, Dion um, oh, her name won't come to me right away. Phenomenal voice. Uh, and, and, you know, they wrote a song, I love you, but I hate you. And folks, that is not the way it is. We shouldn't love, live this way. God wants you to not live with, with love for somebody. You can't live without them, but you have hate. Why? Because maybe your desires didn't get me met the opposite. Maybe those desires got wounded. Maybe you had an innocence of real love for the person and the person didn't appreciate it. Or maybe you were innocent and the person was cruel to you and harsh to you and you got wounded and now the enemy comes in and comes in and comes in. And trying to get rid of that person won't get rid of the issue. And you say, yeah, but, but that person caused it. No. It may be on one side true, but no. God would bring you to such a place like Christ that he has such ascendancy with his love over your heart and mind that yes, the person you love can make mistakes and can have shortcomings and weaknesses and yet the enemy cannot use that to destroy you. And by the love you live, they begin to transform over time. They begin to change. That is Jesus. Jesus is that perfect embodiment of the Father's love. And the Father takes you and me as sinners and makes us one with Jesus. And His perfect love conquers the failure in us. And we become like Him. But He does not become like us in our failure. He did on the cross. In the cross, He became like us in our failure so that He could make us like Him. Oh, friends, this is so important to learn because otherwise your life will always go from relationship to relationship because we all have failures. We all have weaknesses. For you, it says in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognize more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
His kindness, His gracious generosity, His undeserved favor and spiritual blessing in that though He was so very rich, yet for your sakes He became so very poor in order that by His poverty you might become enriched and abundantly supplied. He became poor, in other words, He suffered the pains of death on the cross and, and took all the blame that was due us upon himself. Come on. Let's, let's open up the treasures of God, of our Father's love. Let's, let's go and have a bit of work here today. Let this not just be a devotion of comfort and exhortation, but a bit of work here. Look, he endured the suffering that should have been ours, Isaiah 53, verse 4 in the New English translation. The pain that we should have borne. And all the while, we thought that his suffering was punishment sent by God. But because of our sins, he was wounded. And he was beaten because of the evil we did. We were healed by the punishment he suffered and made whole by the blows he received. All of us were like sheep that were lost. Each of us going our own way, but the Lord made the punishment fall on him, the punishment we deserved. He was treated harshly, but endured it humbly. And on and on and on. You see, maybe you say, yeah, but pastor, I've been treated harshly. Yeah, but pastor, I, I, it's unfair, it's unjust, and I don't have to take it. Jesus did. And he didn't just did it for you. He did. But he now also does it through you. And you may say, yeah, but, but, but why should I take it? They never change. Oh, they will change. They will change. And I know that holding in to that beautiful nature of Jesus and in the process where you completely become surrendered to the Father, completely submitted to the Father, completely are satisfied in the Father's love, completely are complete in the Father's love, where all those desires that are maybe wounded or all those, those ways are maybe hurt and you completely lean it into the Father and give it into the Father on a day-to-day -day basis and you become meek with His meekness and lowly with His humility and good with His goodness and filled with His amazing love, with the love of the Father and you're complete in Him and satisfied in Him and no matter what the enemy throws at you, it has no connection in you. It has nothing in common with you. It has no power over you and you keep loving the change comes. The real issue that brings the change is our, like Jesus, being perfectly given to the Father. Again, the real issue that brings change is us being fully given to the Father, like Jesus. By His eternal Spirit, it says in Hebrews 9.14, He offered Himself without blemish to the Father. That's what brought the change. And as His Spirit works in you, that full surrender, that perfect humility of full surrender to the Father's love, the change comes. And I know that that is an interesting journey and that maybe you don't totally understand it. And I understand when you get hurt and you get angry and you get offended and 
yeah, then, then it's hard and you get confused. Or when you give your heart to something else and you say, okay, I'm, I'm just not going to put up with it and I'm going to give myself to my sport. I'm going to give my... We, this is the human nature, folks. This is the human nature. You see, the Bible says that a man who withdraws himself seeks his own way. And we all can do it. We could say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And we withdraw ourselves. Why? Because we're not willing to carry it. And it's what the Bible calls a backslider in heart. And the Bible says here, a backslider in heart from God and from fearing him shall be filled with the fruits of his own ways. But a good man shall be satisfied with the fruit of his ways, with holy thoughts and actions which his heart prompts and which he delights. That's the new the Amplified, the King James says. But a good man shall be satisfied from above in Proverbs 14, verse 14. You see, you come into that place of humility where you're satisfied in the Father's love like Jesus. And the devil has no power of you and there's nothing he can use in somebody else to wound you, destroy you, because you now have that authority of Christ to love even those who don't love, to bless even those who curse, uh, to love even those who are hateful, to pray for those who even cause pain. And you, you have this authority of Christ to be more than a conqueror. And then the change comes. Now, come on. Let's follow this. Let's meditate on this. Let's pray on this. Let's seek this. Let's find it in Jesus. Let me go ahead and close with you in Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of your loving Heavenly Father. Copy Him. Follow His examples. Well-beloved children imitate their Father. Walk in love, esteem, and delight in one another. As Christ loved us and gave Himself for us, a slain offering, a sacrifice to God for you, so that it became a sweet fragrance. Okay, now that I'm... I'm saying all this, I want one more verse here in 1 Peter 4. To this you were called, verse 21 of 1 Peter chapter 2, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. And when he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And then he says, wives, likewise. And then he says, husbands, verse 7, likewise. You see, he then applies Christ's self-sacrificial love for you and me to the marriage relationship. Read it, First Peter chapter 2 and chapter 3. Now, I believe that God is bringing you into this sweet humility through Jesus to live in the love of your heavenly Father and see that love have 
total dominion over your life that Satan has nothing in you and there's no power over you and there's nothing in you he can grab a hold of. And even if others are provoked by the enemy and their failings and weaknesses to cause you some pain or harm, all that comes out of you is that perfect love that conquers all that failure and drives the enemy away. Amen. Have a good day.